Welcome to the WBK Ultra Podcast. My name is Blake, uh, and I'm here to talk to you for about 20 minutes today. So what do you want to talk about? This week, I've been doing daily videos on YouTube, and man, oh man, is it tough. A lot tougher than I thought it would be. But the flip side is, is that when you uh, make these restrictions on yourself, you you box yourself in with, uh, you know, confinement. It's the same way that, like, people love haikus because it's hard to make poetry with that weird um, verse structure. When you force yourself to make a video every single day, you uh, either fail, which I don't want to do, or you find new ways to do it more efficiently, better, faster, you know, insert whatever superlative you want to put in there. So what I'm learning from this is uh, you can't just film and edit a video every day. You have to have some sort of, like, I think what I'm going to do, I, today was Wednesday, so I had a live stream. So nice to have a break from, like, doing editing videos every night. Um, I want to hopefully hire someone to edit talking head style videos. I don't think that I can hire someone to edit my vlog style videos because I don't think that they're gonna know what I know and just to make it make sense it's not gonna be good maybe I'm wrong maybe I should try that but uh but for now I think I'm gonna avoid it um and just focus on like I said there is a squirrel who wants to come in my warehouse I'm not gonna let him but he's hanging out there so um what I was saying is before I got distracted by a squirrel is that uh I have to probably get someone to edit the the, the vlog videos who has more um, a better understanding of what resale is, you know, and when to hype up moments and when to, when to, uh, you know, bring the audience in. But with like talking head style videos, I can just send it to an editor and he has my script and the, the video is formatted that way. And so if I were to do like four talking head videos a week, one live stream and two vlog style videos, all of a sudden I'm only filming three days a week, not including filming the live stream, right? And that's the kind of like day chunking, you know, scheduling my day, my week that I think is totally necessary to do if I want to continue running a business, first of all, you know, getting some sleep done, having a life, because one of the things you, you kind of forget about is that even though you're maybe making good money, you're having some fun, um, you still have to have a life and do fun things and go out and have fun on the weekends and hang out with your friends and see your family and talk to your girlfriend and that kind of stuff. Or I do at least. I want to. And so it's um, finding a balance, right? Finding a balance between what I think is best for, or, you know, like the challenge I have for myself, what's best for my YouTube channel, and what's best for Blake as like a holistic person. Um, obviously, I can't imagine doing, uh, doing daily videos for a year. And there are some people who do this, who, you know, they'll post out a video every single day or every other day or whatever it is, and they, they have these monstrous production companies compared to what I'm doing at least maybe it's only like five or six people but they're they seem to be like when I watch um like the h3 podcast videos there's like eight people in production there when you watch like um a Casey Neistat video I guess he does all his editing but like some of the people who do like talking head videos about uh personal finance stuff and they do daily videos I have to assume that any of them with any production value, that's being outsourced, right? That has to be outsourced. I, maybe it's not. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think it does. Okay, so now we talked about that. Let's talk about... I moved the microphone closer to my head, so if it was quiet up until this point, that's why. 
I, re- I listened to the podcast from last week, and it was all jangly and crankily and stuff. That's because I kept touching my phone because I had my phone on the ground, and I was talking to it. Now the phone is in my live stream tripod. It isn't a tripod. It's a monopod with a weighted base. And so uh, we'll see if that sounds better. Let me know. If you, if you listen to these podcasts, let me know in the Facebook group if this one sounds considerably better or if it's the same and I'm just, you know, doing things in vain. Where were we, though? You know, let's talk about Amazon. So Amazon just announced that Jeff Bezos is stepping down as CEO. He's moving to an executive chairman position. And Andy Jassy, I think is his name, who was like the chief head runner uh, of AWS, which is like their cloud computing division, he'll be the new CEO. And um, I don't think it's going to be a difference at all. I don't think it's going to make a change. I think that Amazon is such an enormous company with so many moving parts that the removal of Jeff Bezos to still being in control but just having a different title and probably doing less day-to-day stuff, I don't. I can't imagine how that's going to negatively impact the company. Of course it can. We've seen it before where a new CEO comes in and he just screws everything up. But uh, I don't think Amazon's going to be like that. And I think the fact that the stock only dropped like half a percent, even after having you know good quarterly earnings, I think that kind of is proof that not a lot of people are worried about the long-term future of Amazon. Now, are they going to get shut down by the government? Maybe. Maybe they're going to have some antitrust. Norman Rockefeller? Nelson Rockefeller? Rockefeller, oil, American oil, right? Whatever whatever that guy was. Maybe they're going to have some similar stuff like that. I don't know, though. Uh, and honestly, I'm, I'm inclined to believe that no. I, don't th- I think that Amazon is such a global powerhouse that even if they do get broken up into several smaller companies, those companies are still going to be huge, and they're still going to dominate the marketplace they're in. It's a, a much different economic landscape than it was in the 1910s. Like, if you have infrastructure in place around the whole world that allows you to have internet-based e-commerce, I guess that's kind of redundant, that allows you to have internet information being transported anywhere in the world, um, you can pretty pretty quickly, through economies of scale, run your uh, competitors out of business. That's not a matter of like, it's one company. It's a matter of like, oh, well, we're kind of at like a technological cross in the road or crux. where you either have to find a new way, you know, like some sort of quantum computing setup where it's faster than uh, or, or more efficient than our current methods of cloud computing, or you kind of just have to, like, uh, figure out how to live in Amazon's world or whatever the company is. I'm sure there's going to be a few big ones. Like, I saw that Mercari is expanding. Mercado Libre is a big one down in South America. Uh, I don't know how Australia is or Europe or Africa for e-commerce, but I'm sure that over the next 25 years, those markets are going to be filled out and, uh, and you know, squeezed for every, every last penny they can get out of them. So that's what I think about Jeff Bezos and Amazon. Not a lot to talk about, but, um, you know, still, it's something that happened today, so why not, why not bring it up? I also want to talk about uh, what I'm doing with my Amazon business. I am pretty much, I think the only things I'm going to source are... For, for my business, not for YouTube, right? So these are separate things. I'm sourcing pallets for YouTube that I'll resell in boxes or at local auctions, but and maybe on eBay as well. But in terms of Amazon, I think I'm falling back to only doing media and electronics. I'm not going to do retail arbitrage. I'm not going to try and do 
um, like shoes, for example, on Amazon. Just because right now, well, and there's a lot of changes in tumult. Uh, I don't want to be the person who gets banned for. I want to be made an example because they they feel like they have to have new rules to appease these brands or to appease the government or whatever it is. And I don't want to be on the first line of people who get their necks snapped. I want to be waiting in the background, watching how everything plays out, and then when things calm down after COVID's hopefully over, um, I can then, you know, make some moves uh, because there's going to be like a vacuum. Uh, Between now and then, there are going to be more people who get their accounts suspended, more businesses who go out of business. Uh, and then when everything goes back to normal, the demand is going to snap back to a fraction of what it used to be, higher than now, but you know not what it used to be. Uh, and that, that, in, that, that gap in supply and demand is going to uh, create a void. And people who have been you know holding money, uh, like I'm doing, and, and investing and being smart and being cautious, I think they're going to have the best bet to make some fast moves um, you know, once the, uh, once everything gets back to normal, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm right. Who knows? Uh, in terms of stocks, we saw the craziness that happened with like GameStop and AMC and costs and Blackberry and all those companies. And, uh, it just kind of shows you that in, um, when, when people are at, acting frantically, some crazy shit can happen, you know, both good and bad. And like I said, I'm, I'm always going to err on the side of caution when it comes to like taking those risks with frantic people and it has to be like guaranteed yes this will work i don't want to be like i saw a guy on instagram a a reseller who lost like eighteen thousand dollars on gamestop he bought it like he bought a a lot of stock at like three when it was like 350 or 400 and now it's down to like 80 as of today um that's not the kind of thing I ever want to do. I think that I would die. I think that my my heart would explode or something if I lost that much money on a single bet. I'm not a gambler though. I am gambling on the Super Bowl. I put ten bucks on the Chiefs winning. I think the Chiefs are going to win. Uh, Michigan is, has just legalized gambling on your phones or made it allowable, so you have like fifty-five to one odds. So if if the, if the Chiefs win. I'm gonna end up making like, I don't know what it is, 200 bucks, something like that. So, uh, so I feel good. I feel good about that. That's a, a low enough risk worth, you know, 10 dollars. But would I put 15 grand on the game? No. The only thing that I would invest 15 grand on uh, is property or like pallets or a truckload or things that I can sell. Nothing speculative. Maybe I'm just, you know I'm not a millionaire so I don't that's that's still like a sizable amount of money to me like fifteen thousand dollars that's like a, a, a large portion of a down payment on a house or it's a you know a, a, a new used car or all sorts of good stuff like that so maybe I'm just too broke to be tossing around that kind of money like it's no like it's no big deal but um, for the time being I'm definitely staying away from the Reddit pump and dump schemes you, you see them now and like I think Doge coins was the latest one. Uh, they tried to do it with silver, or they tried to make it appear as if it was occurring with silver, all sorts of stuff like that. Um, we're seeing regulators in other countries, like in, in Asia, for example, they're really, really concerned about how this is going to affect the markets over there. I read an article on that this morning. I mean, again, I think that if you bought money on GameStop, made some cash, you got lucky, but it's not like a trend that I see persisting throughout the years where these, like... Uh, secret cabals of internet people 
uh, conspire to like make stocks go way up or like buy all of this item or only sell this item at a, a fixed price, which is illegal. But I just don't, I mean, I guess I've kind of seen that in like some of the, uh, the buy groups that I've perused, but I don't think it's happening at a scale that's going to have any sort of, um, the, the impact the, it's happening on a scale where the impact is negligible. It's good for some individuals, but in terms of the market as a whole, I don't think that we're going to see a lot of that. You know, it's just like a perfect storm, as they say. You know what I want to do? I want to do a video about how to cook perfect scrambled eggs. That's what I'm thinking about. I, there, those videos get so many views on YouTube that if you can establish as a top 10 how to make perfect scrambled eggs video on YouTube, you're going to get half a million views, quarter million views on that video over the course of the next 5, 10 years. Like that to me, that proposition is uniquely interesting. Like trying to have evergreen YouTube content. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I have a background in SEO and I like doing websites and I like that kind of stuff. And I like it because you can have long-term payout for a short-term amount of work if you're smart about it. And a lot of folks call that passive income, but I think that's stupid because it's not passive. You worked for it. Like if you get really, really strong from lifting weights and then tomorrow you don't lift weights and you're still strong is that passive strength like no that's a stupid thing to say but that's the way it goes that's how people like to talk about it am i crazy you tell me that you know if, if you remember the facebook group i think like since i restarted these podcasts they've gotten like 15 20 listens per podcast so i'm not exactly concerned about uh it not being the tightest audio but if you do listen to these i would like to hear uh, what you think any thoughts you have, and uh, the kind of topics you want me to, to talk about uh, in, in these future podcasts. Nothing else really to go. I'm going to get out of here. Shorter one today, only 15 minutes, but uh, I'll see you guys next week where, um, I don't know, I'll talk more about YouTube stuff probably.